Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old from California. I'm a loan officer by day, podcaster on the weekends. I started this podcast back in April when I got furloughed from my job for about three months. And I was like, okay, I could sit on the couch and wait for my job to come back. Or I can go and start the podcast I've always been wanting to start, but been too scared to hit the record button for So I decided to go with the second option and it wasn't easy at first. It was very uncomfortable. I remember shaking before my first interview and thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to ask her? What if this doesn't go well? But I'm so incredibly happy that I just hit record. Even though I wasn't ready, I just said fuck it and hit record. And I think we can all use a little more of that in our life versus trying to overthink it and trying to plan it and make sure it's perfect. Just saying fuck it and starting it anyways. So that's kind of been my theory for the past year or so. And I'm so glad that I've just fully stepped into that theory. I've interviewed over 100 people since April. It's been incredible. And I've interviewed so many people from like singers to celebrity stylists to real estate investors to therapists to so many incredible people. (laughs) So many. It's just so many stories that I feel like I take away something from every person. And I can't really pick favorite ones because I really love them all. But I am so glad that I get to do this. And I'm so glad that I get to share these conversations with you guys. And my goal with a podcast is to let you know that we all go through shit shows. We all go through crazy moments and go through all these moments of why is this happening to me? What am I meant to learn from this? And to really inspire you guys to get out of your own way and just do whatever it is you want to do. And I really hope these conversations resonate with you. I would really love to connect with you on Instagram. My Instagram's the shit show of my 20s. And I would love for you to leave a review on Apple and just give me some feedback. Feel free to send me a message about any episodes you'd love to hear. Today's guest is Malvika. I love chatting with her. Malvika is the founder of a fashion and beauty platform and blog, Style by Malvika. She's one of the top five up-and-coming fashion influencers, according to Pixley. She's a digital content creator. Her platform caters to the driven dreamers and luxury fashion lovers of the world. She has been featured in Forbes India, Create and Cultivate, Glamour, BuzzFeed, and she's worked with so many incredible brands from Jimmy Choo, Clarence, Givenchy, Essie, and so many more. And she has a really incredible story. We go from what it was like to get her Instagram hacked, how she was able to get that account back, how we're able to find her own individual sense of style, what fashion and style, how she got into the career path she has today. We go into body image, what's something that helped her with her relationship with her body. We go into what her journey was like getting agency representation and sending over 200 emails and dealing with rejection. And I really love this interview. I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Let's get started. Thank you so much, Malvika, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. Love to know some background around you. Tell me, like, what have your 20s been like so far? Feel free to include any shit show moments you think we might resonate with. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, thank you, Sophia, for having me on here. I would say, okay, so my 20s wasn't when the worst stuff has happened to me yet. I'm only 21 turning 22 soon. So I can't say that. But in my 20s, I think I've learned a lot from what happened when I was 18, 19. 
So I'll start. I think the most jarring incident from my career was when my Instagram got hacked. I had started uh, Style by Malvika, my blog, about three and a half-ish years ago. And so at that point, I was, what, like 17? No, almost 18. Around 17, 18, 19, somewhere. But my Instagram got hacked about a year in. So I think I was 19 when that happened. And it was really difficult because I was on vacation with my family and everyone, you know, I was creating content. When you're on vacation, you try to create like really beautiful, stunning content. And I was really creating content really like, I think that was the moment when I was really starting to grow and I was really doing quite well. At this point, I was just on a college break. I was still in university, but it was break time. So when my Instagram got hacked, I basically had woken up to a hacker who got into my account, sent me an email and said, if you don't reply to this email, we're going to delete everything from your account. We have access to everything. We're going to delete everything and we're going to basically get rid of your account. So I was like, it was a big hit me moment and that it taught me a lot about number one, always diversify your income streams, which means if you are in any way making money off of social media, make sure it's not just one platform, make sure it's many different platforms that you have a presence on. And also just maybe even if you're comfortable switch into different verticals. Like for me, I was, you know, taking most of my monetization was via brand sponsorships. And now it's like, I have, I would say I've like built my capabilities into a lot more so I can write for different, you know, online magazines. I can write for different websites. I can create content for brands to use on their platform. So in essence, it's kind of like I became more, I, I look at myself today, more of a content creator. And I think that's a lot safer way to look at things because while your influence can never really be taken away from you, I think with social media and stuff and just the times we're living in, I'm, I'm hearing about so many people getting hacked. It's, it's very important to keep yourself safe and diversified. And did you get your account back? Like how did you Yeah. Have that so account? I, okay. I was really nervous. I didn't think I would get it back. Um, I figured oh, I'm going to have to figure out a new career. I don't know what I'm going to do because my, my plan was to, to work on my Instagram, graduate college a year early and then do it full time. So everything was going according to plan until I got hacked. And then I was like, okay, now we got to come up with a new plan. But it was actually my family members and especially my uncle. He was like, you got to get up, make a new account, start from scratch. And I did that. But at the back of my head, I was like, ah, oh, there must be some way I can get my old account back. Right. So I started, I went on LinkedIn and I started reaching out, connecting with people that worked at Instagram and like just messaging like crazy. And eventually someone who actually it was funny because the person that helped me was a friend of a client of my dad's. But anyways, eventually he was able to help me get my account back. And, you know, I think in a lot of times when we're going through struggles and crises in our life, so many of us, especially in our young twenties are so hesitant to ask for help. And I think there is absolutely no shame in like asking for help, asking around, ask anyone who knows anyone, because, you know, if you don't ask for help, then you'll be stuck where you are. And I think it's important to, to realize that in life, the only way is forward. And, you know, it, there's no shame in asking for help. And from all your experience with Instagram, yeah. is there anything that you noticed worked really well? Like if you were to start your account all over again today, is yeah. there anything you would have done differently as well? Not really, because I think my account has been, it's stayed really true to who I am. And I still think that even if I look back and I look at a piece of my content, I'm like, what was I thinking? Which I often do. I think it's so beautiful because I'm able to see how much I've been able to grow and learn and better my skills as a creator. When I first started, my first few pictures were not cute at all. They were just very random. I didn't really have, I didn't understand hashtags. I didn't understand social strategy at all either. And I think 
you can see my progression if you scroll through my feed and you can kind of see me get better and better. And I think that is what's beautiful about being a creator is that every single day you find new things that inspire you and you find new ways to inspire others. And yeah, you just grow better. So I wouldn't really change anything apart from the fact that the, okay, so I wouldn't say the reason I got hacked, but major thing for anyone, make sure you have two-factor authentication on it because I didn't even, I wasn't thinking like a business person when I started my Instagram account. I was just thinking full heart and like trying to connect with my audience. But you have to understand that you have to really secure yourself and two-factor authentication was kind of a no-brainer. I don't know why I didn't put it on, but after I got hacked, I make sure every single account of mine that allows something like two-factor authentication, whether it's an email or Twitter, Instagram, all these things, like two-factor authentication is on. So yeah. And did you ever have any like, Limiting beliefs in the beginning, like putting yourself out there for the first time. Yeah. Like, doing I, that first Instagram post. Most definitely. Like I still struggle with, and I, I put a few Instagram stories up about this yesterday, but I still struggle with a lot of feelings of just like low self-esteem and, and it really stems from, and I, I, I don't, it's something that I recognize. So I'm trying to work my way around it. And it stems from the fact that when I was younger, I was very I was, I was on the bigger side. I was about, I'm five foot four. I was 160, 170 pounds at my heaviest. And everyone in school, not everyone, but a lot of people in my school like to remind me of that, like to remind me of my oily skin, my oily hair, my acne. Um, I remember we had a photography class in seventh and eighth grade and I sat next to, oh my God, I'm, whoever's listening that, if anyone's listening that went to my school will know, but um, I sat next to this guy that I found really cute. And he used to tell me, Malvika, do you know people are talking about you? And my teacher used to put up a picture of me because it was like my friend who shot it, shot it really well. And it was according to the rule of thirds. That's what we were studying in, in the photography class. So he was like, this is how you do a rule of thirds picture. And I remember seeing myself blown up on a big screen. And I remember everyone just kind of like slowly laughing and I couldn't understand why they were laughing. But then, you know, as people used to make comments and say things, I started to really feel poorly about myself. And I knew like inside I wasn't a terrible person. I knew I I had a decent personality, but it was so soul crushing that every one was focusing on my weight or my skin or my hair, these things that I didn't think were that important. And I think that's where my relationship with fashion and beauty started. And I wouldn't say it was the healthiest relationship because I looked at fashion and beauty as a way to distract people from my weight, my hair, whatever. And I used to try to like cover everything that I was, if that makes sense. But today I see it as fashion and beauty is a way of bringing out everything that I have inside of me. All the, you know, whether it's Indian culture, I love wearing like Indian earrings sometimes with my clothes and just like finding little ways to show who I am through what I wear. So yeah, I think that was, sorry, that was a lot. What was your question? No, no that was perfect. Just like that first post, first you post. know, putting yourself out there. For okay. The so it was time. very difficult yeah. because And I remember my first post was, my face wasn't even shown in the first post. It was my face like that. And it was just to show off how cool my heels were. My face was like that. My whole body was turned towards the side-ish, back-ish. And it was like the red sole of the Louboutin heel, right? So I was trying to kind of like focus on the heel. And then I realized the reason I posted that was because I was too scared to even put my face up there for the first, I think, one or two posts. I didn't even want to put my face up there. So yeah, it's... I think this whole journey as a creator has taught me how to teach myself confidence and how to teach myself to find my value from inside of me, not from other people. 
And have you noticed, even though you've lost the weight, sometimes you still go back there and still think you're like that version of yourself? I, I, I'm the same. It's funny because I'm the same person. I feel like deep down, I'm still a big girl, you know, like even though I'm, I, I don't physically look at anymore, I feel the same, like I'm the same human being. So it was difficult for me when people started to perceive me differently or people around me used to, you know, they used to say things like, oh my God, you've lost so much weight and like, you look so like good and like for me it was really hard for me to conceptualize that because I always felt like the same person inside so how am I supposed to change how I feel when I was younger I got all those damaging comments from people and now people are saying nice things but I think my formative years was when I was younger so those opinions I had of myself still stuck with me you know even if people were saying nice things it was almost like I didn't want to believe them like I didn't want to believe that I looked okay I didn't want to believe and then I realized like I'm focusing on all the wrong things. I'm focusing on what people think of me as opposed to what I think of myself, which is the most important thing, right? Our relationship and the conversations we have inside of ourselves. So, yeah. You know what? I I wrote a post about this today. (laughs) I I wrote a post about this today and it doesn't have to do with that part, but it has to do with, I got braces recently. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I got braces in July and I have not stepped in front of a camera since July until last week because of these, (laughs) because of these, I know, but you know, it's so easy, like in your head to make it think like people are just going to see this, Mm -hmm. you know, like they're not going to see everything else. They're going to see this. Yeah. And I was talking about like one of my favorite parts about stepping in front of a camera is it makes you face everything, totally. you know, like it makes you face like whatever you don't like, like it could be so simple, yeah. like it could be like so simple, but it makes you really embrace that. So that's one of the things I really love about mm-hmm. stepping in front of a camera, even just like seeing me with braces for the first time, like yeah. seeing the photo from the photographer, I was like, okay, like, you know, I can accept that. Yeah. Like, I can embrace that. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot hide from that anymore. Yeah. And I think that's so beautiful about like when you were looking at those first like photos of you and you're like, did you have like that moment where you realized, you know what, I really love these photos and really I'm more than just, you know, that girl that I used to be. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to say it, yeah. but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that shit. It's, it's, yeah. it's, you know, I think it was very, very gradual. And you know what I realized? It it was less about what I was putting out there. And it was more about the amount of time I would spend in front of a mirror. Because before, when I first started my blog, I used to hate spend, spending time in front of a mirror. So even if I was doing my makeup, I would try to get it done like five minutes and be like, like, I wouldn't even want to look at myself in the mirror because I didn't have a good opinion of myself. Now I literally wait, like when I go to sleep, I look forward to my, my makeup time the next morning because it's like, it's self-care time. It's time for me to really have a positive inner conversation with myself, you know, bring out the best parts of myself, accentuate my features, whatever it is. Like, I think the more amount of time I started spending in front of a mirror, the more comfortable I got putting myself out there on social media. And this isn't to say like, you have to spend a lot of time in front of a mirror in order to love yourself, not at all. But I think everyone has their their mechanisms of learning to love themselves. And I think the sooner you figure out what that is for you, it could be something that's visual. It could be something that's more spiritual and more like inside of you. But, you know, I think the sooner you figure that out for yourself um, and the sooner you start spending more time with that, the better off you'll be. And the better also insulated you'll be from hate. Because I will say like people, it's so funny. Like people used to say, oh, like you're too big. Now people on social media literally call me bones. They're like the other days. Yeah. People call me too skinny now. So it's like, can we just not 
talk about can, can we not if someone's trying to provide value it's more like can we try to see the value that they're trying to provide it can we can we look at them for what they're trying to help people with whether that's fashion inspiration or whatever it is instead of commenting on what their body looks like you know so I think one when you have those conversations with yourself it'll kind of insulate you from the hate so maybe like those hate comments will sit in your head but for a much less amount of time than they would if you didn't have those positive conversations with yourself and what advice would you give someone who's maybe trying to get more comfortable looking at themselves in the mirror i would say start to look at your start to look at anything that anyone has ever said that's wrong about you as something that's just different and special because you know, I mean, I, we were just chatting about this earlier is that we're so used to seeing one ideal of beauty, right? In, in media, mainstream media, you know, it's usually tall, blonde, white, you're maybe some like European features. It, it's very like one type of beauty. And while that's slowly changing now, I still think there are so many types of beauties that still have to be represented. And until like, imagine yourself on the cover of a magazine. That's what I would say. Like it, it's pot, any, anyone can be on the cover of a magazine today if you are, you know, determined enough. And so if you're someone who's struggling with the way that you look and you don't like to look at yourself in the mirror, tell yourself, even I could be on the cover of a magazine. It's just that I haven't been shown yet. And it's, it's just that those versions of beautiful haven't been seen yet. And that's, you know, something that's exciting too, because I think as we as we see more diversity in these industries and as we see more representation across the board, it's a very exciting time. And it means that there's opportunity for anyone and everyone to kind of um, have their shining moment. Is there any like strategies or anything that you noticed really helped you grow your Instagram page? I think the main thing is connecting with your core audience, like responding to DMs, responding to comments, because at the end of the day, a human being, I think at our core, we just want to feel heard. We want to feel valued. We want to feel, we're, we're constantly, I think, in not such a good way, but we are always constantly seeking some kind of validation, whether that's, if you ask someone a question or if you say something about someone, you want them to reply to that comment. So I, I look at that and I'm like, you know, if someone has spent the time to leave a comment on my page, I'm going to try my best to respond. As I've grown, it's maybe not 100% of the comments that I reply to, but at least 80, 90%, I try my best. DMs, I reply to pretty much every single one. So I really look at the comments and, and the things that are written on my page as like actual people behind the screen. And if I was in a conversation in real life, I would try my best to make that person feel heard. So I think the biggest and most important thing is to build a community and, and really understand who is following you, try to get their feedback, ask them questions, respond to the things that they ask you. And that's, I think, the biggest one. I was looking at your page earlier and you have very beautiful photos. Thank you. <laughs> I'd love to know, like, what tips do you have for creating, like, such beautiful photos? For me, it's use a good camera and have good lighting. And nowadays with our iPhones, you don't need any kind of crazy camera. You can use your iPhone. The main thing is, like, direct sunlight. I think that's the most important. So I like to take some of my photos outside. And then the ones that I don't take outside, I make sure that whoever's taking the photo or if I'm self-shooting, that the camera is directly against the sunlight so that the sunlight's hitting my face. So I think that's the most important. And then second, I would say just having like a cohesive, maybe just like theme. I I'm not the best at this because I see people with super aesthetic Instagram feeds, but maybe having like a preset or a theme or a filter that you use but don't overdo the editing because I see a lot of people that really overdo the editing. And then it's really hard for someone to connect with a photo that's super filtered, super edited, super like too much. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a balance. Like you have to make it 
look a little aesthetic and artsy so that you, you can show that you have a little bit of a tasteful eye, but at the same time, be real. And if being real means being real in the caption, do that. If being real means showing a no makeup selfie, then do that. Like whatever being real means to you. And do you have any style tips for like someone who's maybe not so stylish? <laughs> I think the biggest thing, honestly, like people don't say this enough, but just like surrender, bro. Like it's fashion is meant to be a way of, like I said, expressing what's inside of you. And if you're too hung up on like, what is everyone else wearing? And what, I mean, trends are nice to kind of like hop on and like make your own, but only if you're able to make it your own, like don't be a carbon copy of someone else. And that's, I've always said that on my page, like my, my motivation is to empower people to use fashion and beauty as a creative outlet for themselves, not so that you can directly, you know, do everything that I've done. Like I wouldn't, I don't put up an outfit photo thinking that someone's going to copy this entire outfit and the same makeup and the same hair. Like I put it up so people can maybe see, oh, these two colors look good together. Maybe I can try this for my next, you know, time that I go shopping or whatever. So I think it's important to kind of look at things for inspiration, but really make them your own. And just surrender. Like sometimes I walk in my closet and I'm just like, guide me. Like, so I just look up and I'm like some higher power, somebody just like guide me, make me figure out what I feel like wearing today. And it just happens. You know, I think we need to stop taking fashion too, I don't want to say too seriously, but I want to say too seriously. Like don't make it something that's a task or that's a chore or that's hard. It should be something that comes more naturally. What inspired you to start your blog? So I think it was that relationship that I was talking about with beauty and fashion. And and as I was really coming into my own and really owning my own sense of fashion, this happened a lot in college because I felt maybe maybe the high school and the middle school that I went to wasn't the best for me and my mental health. I was surrounded by, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with this, but there was a very big lack of diversity in the, I mean, there is a lot wrong with lack of diversity, but there was a lot of Korean American girls. And it was, you know, they have a very different body type than Indian girls do. Gen- generally speaking, I don't want to, you know, make any, like everyone's different, but generally speaking, Indian bodies are very different from Korean American bodies. So a lot of my friends were very, very thin. And the things that they would talk about were things that I couldn't relate to either. So I felt very out of place. And it wasn't a good space for me to learn about myself because I was constantly trying to be like everyone else. When I went to college, it was much better. I went to a school called Babson College in Massachusetts, and there was a much more diverse crowd, and it made me feel comfortable being myself, wearing whatever the heck I wanted, and just like going out there. And I think the minute I would, I would wear sometimes really weird things like sweaters with skirts and like, you know, different types of things. And I think people really admired that about me. And they, they used to say like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I love your outfit today. And, and, I, ne- I had never gotten those kind of compliments before until I started really figuring out what I liked, what worked on me, doing something different with my style. And I, I think it, it really, that motivated me to start my blog. I, not the compliments from the outside, which, I mean, those were helpful. Those were a little bit motivational, but I think that inner confidence that I gained that, okay, like my style is good enough. I can present myself to the world in a way that I feel comfortable and also look good while doing it. And I want others to look at fashion and beauty in the same way. My motivation is not to be quote unquote famous. It is honestly to impact someone to look at fashion and beauty in a more personalized way to use it as a way to like, you know, go for their dreams. So I always say like, 
we are a world full of dreamers. Everyone has their personal goals and ambitions. And the clothes that you wear is literally one way of manifesting those dreams. Because let's say tomorrow you get up and you're like, I want to be, I want to make whatever. I want to make like a million dollars a year. Okay, well, if you get it tomorrow and you wear your PJs, that's not really one, that's not really a way of manifesting it, right? So a lot of times what we wear is the way of communicating something to the universe, something to the world about what we want for our lives. So yeah, that was a very long answer, but I hope it answered your question. (laughs) (laughs) And do you have any like favorite brands, any favorite places to go shopping? Favorite places to shop, definitely online. Uh, some of my favorite websites are ukes.com because you get really different designer things on there. And a lot of times they're not as expensive as the newer collections. You get a lot of like maybe older collections or things that weren't as popular. And I love, number one, I love finding a good designer steal. It's always nice, like a good well-priced designer thing. And then I also love finding things that other people wouldn't have. So something that will help differentiate my closet. So yeah, Yuke's is one of my favorites. Outnet is another favorite of mine. And I'm not a big in-person shopping person. I don't shop a lot online either. I know it looks very different, but I don't shop a lot. I do shop, but not a lot. And what was the other question you said? What were your favorite places to shop? And then what else? Any favorite brands? Favorite brands. It's really difficult. I like so many different brands, but I think right now I... And one I've always really believed in is Stella McCartney because I think she does a really good job of making luxury sustainable. And, you know, with her vegan leather, I think it's beautiful. I'm personally, I'm a vegetarian. So I feel like my values really align with the brand. And yeah. And for someone who maybe they haven't connected with their sense of style Mm -hmm. yet, or they don't know what their sense of style is. Yeah. What advice would you give them? Two things. Uh, Again, I'm going to go back to surrender and number two, experiment. So when you surrender, a lot of times you will be prompted to experiment. And I don't think there are failures in fashion. I think there are learnings. And, you know, every time that I've worn something and I look back, I'm like, should I have really worn that? I still think that I'm glad that I tried it because now I know that it doesn't work on me. Maybe it doesn't make me feel that good. Maybe it doesn't make me look that good, whatever it is. You got to try. I think with most things in life, if you don't try, you're never going to succeed. So you got to find things that you like by experimenting. I would love to go into when you were trying to get, like when you were looking at different agencies for management, mm-hmm. like what was that journey like for you? And what's something you learned from that process? So very interesting journey. I would say, so there are two, two things I'd like to say. I think it's very important, number one, to listen to the calling like what your calling is. I knew my calling is, I'm going to say something really weird, but I feel like the creator created me to create. Like I cannot, I think someone asked me what I do, then I would say I'm a creator because I create food recipes. I'm constantly, I create like art, I'm drawing, I'm, I'm creating content, I'm creating videos. Like I, I just love to create. That's who I am inside. So I feel like my calling was definitely to create. So I listened to that calling. That's the first thing. And the second thing is I was very like once I understood what that calling was, I was like, okay, how are we going to level this up? As I started making some money via brand deals, I was like, maybe it's going to be beneficial if I start reaching out to agencies. And so I just literally not knowing much, used LinkedIn, used Google, tried to find emails of some of the top agencies. And I just started reaching out. I didn't understand that there was a difference between like being represented as a content creator, being represented as a model, being represented as a commercial talent. I didn't know any of this. I just started reaching out to the top agencies. 
So once I started doing that, an agency here in LA called Q Management, who represents me now, they, okay, I will say I sent out at least 200 emails before even, I think two or three maybe responded, to be honest with you. And Q was one of them. And they only responded after I followed up twice. So key guys always like, you really have to put put yourself out there and not be scared. Um, Okay. Now I found Q. I went there. They were like, you know, we really like, we would really like to represent you, but we want you to take acting classes. So I was like, why do I have to take acting classes? What's going on? They're like, we would like to represent you for our commercial board. So I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. I didn't know what that meant. I signed up for the acting classes they told me to take really helped just in terms of being in front of a camera. But I was still like, why am I taking acting classes? I mean, I learned a lot, but I couldn't understand. Then they started submitting me for auditions and I understood, okay, I'm supposed to be in front. Like I'm supposed to be a person who can help sell different products. Like that's what I'm supposed to be. I'm going to be in advertisements. I'm going to be in print advertisements, TV commercials, social commercials, stuff like that. So I understood then after I started getting my, my first few auditions and that's so that's one thing that I do that's I would say more on the side but my main thing I still needed representation for because Q management wasn't facilitating any of my brand deals for Style by Malvika so I started reaching out I found one manager it didn't really work out that well I would say don't I I don't want to say this as a thumb rule for everybody because maybe it's different but that manager asked for like a flat fee and a percentage of my brand deals and I think you know, if someone really believes in you, they're not going to ask you for a flat fee. They're going to be okay, get, like getting a percentage of the deals that you that you bring in and that they bring you. So I was too naive at that time. I didn't realize that. And then, you know, I left her and I started looking for some other agencies. And I'm, I finally signed with one very, very recently. And they focus on like diverse talent, which is beautiful because I think a core belief of mine is that we need to make sure that all types of people are represented in whatever industry. So yeah, that was my journey. Very long answer again. <laughs> and did you ever get discouraged when you were sending out those like 200 emails? Like maybe no one wants me or take it personally? Yeah. I mean, I think at that age, what can you do but take it personally, right? And I think what I've learned now is to separate my looks from who I am. And I think that's a very important thing because like I said, growing up, I looked very different. Now I look very different, but I'm still the same person inside. So understanding that inside is never going to change and to put that value in something that won't change, that's very important. And I think rejection is a huge part of being any kind of freelancer, entrepreneur, whatever you would call what I do. Rejection is huge. I mean, rejection is honestly 90% or 80% is rejection. The 20% of what you see is the success. But to get that 20%, you also need that 80% of rejection. So it's, it's a big part of what I do. And I've learned to realize that rejection doesn't mean that they're rejecting me as a person. They're just saying, no, we don't need you as whatever it is, as a content creator right now, because maybe you don't fit our brand. Maybe you don't, you don't fit the campaign that we're doing. It's, it's a bunch of different things. So you can't, you should try not to take it personally. And how do you tap into your creativity? How do you do that? It's a good question. So earlier I used to think sitting around and trying to wait for creativity used to really work for me. It didn't. Creativity is a muscle and I think you have to flex it. So you have to you constantly have to work at it. Like the same way we, if we want abs, it's not just going to come one day. I think 
you, c- you can't sit around waiting for it. The more you try, the more you get up every time you make something and you're like, oh, that's not the best. The more you just do, I think the more creative you get. But that being said, like, don't overwork yourself. Understand what your productive hours are. And when you feel that inspiration, don't ever push it away. Just go for it. Like literally listen to yourself. And the, mo- the more I started creating, the more I would find those surges of inspiration. And now literally I can't sleep because I still find ideas in my head while I'm sleeping. So I think the more you do it, the more inspired you get. And in the beginning, when you were like pitching out brands yourself, is there anything that you noticed worked really well? Yeah. Helped you really stand out as a content creator? Any tips you have? Two things. I think number one, know your audience. So know who the brand would eventually be communicating to if they were to collaborate with you. And know what makes you different. And this is something, again, that like we are taught that our differences, unfortunately, we are taught that our differences are things that we have to change. But instead, differences are the things that we should be proud of and that we should be telling other people about because that's honestly what's going to get you further in life. Like why, what sets you apart? What makes you different from the next girl that's going to come to a brand and say, hey, I have X followers and I create fashion content. Like every industry today is saturated. So whatever industry you're trying to get into, really, really look at those things that set you apart and communicate that to the person that, you know, might help you go forward in that career. So, yeah. And what advice would you give someone who maybe wants to do exactly what you're doing right now? Do it. I mean, go for it. It's, I mean, it's something that I think will teach you a lot about resiliency. It's something that has taught me a lot about what to value in my life and whatnot. And I think what's beautiful is like, as I've grown as a creator and as I've been able to, you know, work with different brands and and build my creative portfolio and stuff like that, I've also grown so much as a human being. So it's something that I think Anyone who has the interest in it, I would say go for it, but just know it's going to be difficult. There are going to be really tough days and it's going to be a journey that you're going to learn a hell of a lot about yourself. Like, I mean, some people, like I never really had a viral piece of content. So I don't know what it's like to go to sleep and wake up the next morning with a bunch of new followers. It was really gradual for me. So I would say go into it without expectations, really go into it for the love of it. And I promise you, if, you know, one day your love will really come through. If not gradually, maybe you'll have a viral piece of content, but otherwise maybe you'll just be gradual like me. And I think it's it's beautiful. And I think if you have a talent, it's supposed to be shared with the world. So go for it. I have noticed you've been like featured in some like major publications. Is there anything that helped you get those features? Mm-hmm. Did you pitch yourself? Did they come to you? Okay, so pretty much most of them came to me, but only because I was in a place that I was able to be seen. So number one, I made the investment to go to Fashion Week the first year I started my blog. That meant finding every PR agency in New York, pitching them, telling them. At that time, I I think I had maybe like 10,000 followers. Not a huge platform, but still somewhat of a platform. And yeah, I pitched every PR agency, got invited to maybe like 10, 15 shows, and then I would just go. And I realized, I kind of understood how the industry worked. Okay, there's this thing called street style. And like, you know, if you have a really fun outfit, then photographers maybe, you know, try to take pictures of you. But there's, if you make your outfit too out there, people know you're trying too hard. Then the street style photographers are just not going to, they or they get it. They're like, I don't, we don't want to take that person's picture. But I understood that that was a thing. And I also understood that New York Fashion Week was a big place to network. So I used to go there. Then I also made the investment a year afterwards to do New York, Paris, Milan, and is that all I did? Yeah, 
New York, Paris, and Milan. So all three of those. But now I make it a regular thing to go to Fashion Week. Of course, with COVID, things have been different. But I think that has really helped because you get so much by going there. Not only do you have the opportunity to be quote unquote street style, which is basically it's just a picture of yours that can go in a publication, which is nice, but like it's not, it's, it doesn't mean too much to me. It, it means, but it doesn't mean a bunch. Like I'm not able to share my story, but being able to be on those street style roundups gives you more vi- visibility to then be able to share your story and to then be able to impact more people. And I think that's what's really cool about being able to be featured on these publications is the idea of impact as opposed to being famous. And I think I've always strived to impact people in a positive way. So whenever I get that chance, I really jump at it. Oh, and another thing, this is a, I think I used to do this a lot earlier on, but there's this thing called Harrow, help a reporter out. And then there's, if you go on Twitter, there's, if you search under the hashtag journal request, there are different journalists that are looking for experts on different topics. So sometimes if they're looking for someone that's in the fashion field and that can provide commentary on something, you can just reach out to them and say, hey, I saw you were looking for this. I'd be happy to help you with this article, whatever it is. So those are some tips, I think. Talk to me about TikTok. What inspired you to start getting into TikTok? And is there anything that you noticed worked really well for you on that platform? So it's so... I can look back and I I don't like to have regrets, but if people ask me, what's one regret you have in your life? It's having slept on TikTok for so much time. Like every people were telling me like, why aren't you on TikTok? Why aren't you on TikTok? I was like, I don't know. Is it cool? I thought it wasn't cool. This is why you shouldn't listen to what other people say. You should just do what you're good at. I was anyways, creating videos for different other apps. Like I was a so they would onboard me as like a paid creator. So every time I uploaded a piece of content, they would kind of compensate me. And I was doing so much video already. And I was like, dude, recently, like a month and a half ago, which is when I started my TikTok, I was like, so much video. I don't know why I'm not on TikTok. So I went on TikTok, started uploading videos, and it's been a month and a half. It's been really, really fun. Now I've started really to spend a lot more energy there because it's really like you're able to get more eyes for less. How do you say like, it's a lot easier to get more eyes. And I think if I'm able to spread my messages there, it doesn't matter what platform really I'm on. If I'm able to spread my message and if I'm able to impact people, that's what I want to do. And if TikTok is allowing me to do that in a much more seamless way, then I think I should be doing it. So now when an app comes to me and they're like, you know, we'd like you to be a creator. Those are opportunities that I really enjoy because it's just another way to spread a positive message. So what type of videos do you do on there? Yeah. And is there anything you know do really well? So I like to do, of course, like I fashion inspiration type of videos where you do those changes and it's like, here's how you can go really easily from a Thanksgiving to Christmas look or things like that, which are a little bit just easier and inspirational and really tangible for someone to take out. But I also do a lot of what fashion and beauty should mean to people and how they should stop looking at it as like a way to just kind of like mask yourself or stop looking at it as a very surface level thing and really understand it as something that is has the ability to bring out our power so i do a lot of those too because i really want to change the way fashion has a poor reputation in some people's minds and i think it's a lot more important than people realize yeah and what is something lighting you up right now the joy of being able to the joy and freedom of being able to do something that genuinely brings me happiness as a job. You know, even when I graduated college in my first few months, I really wasn't making much. And I was so nervous. Like, am I going to be able to scale this to a full-time thing? I really need to figure out because like everyone I graduated, everyone got jobs at Facebook and whatever, whatever. They're making a ton of money. And I used to compare myself. I'm like, oh, but like, I'm not making as much as they are and, and all these things. And then I was like, okay, 
then I started seeing a lot of my friends quitting their jobs and they were like, yeah, it didn't make us happy. We wanted to do something else. And the school I went to was focused on entrepreneurship. So I was like, here I am doing something more entrepreneurial, something that can, has the ability to scale. I'm not stuck doing something for someone else. I'm not working for someone else's dream. I'm working for mine and I'm making money doing it. And I stuck with it. And again, I listened to the calling. I think that's really important. Something that Oprah taught me is you always should listen to that calling and go with it. And I'm so glad that I did because now, you know, I can, it's much more financially feasible than it was when I first graduated. So yeah, listen to your calling and yeah. And what's something that keeps you grounded? My family. I think in this world, it's so easy And also because like brands demand it, like they ask for your numbers, they ask for this, they ask for that. And people judge you based on numbers, which is really not cool, but it is how the industry works. So it is what it is. And it's not that I'm not proud of my numbers and I'm not proud of the fact that I've been able to like build this. It's more just like, I know the value that I have been trying to provide has been since day one. So whether today I have how many ever followers and day one, I had probably like a thousand or whatever it was like. I'm still the same girl and I still am providing that same type of value. So I I really like that my parents remind me who I am and remind me where I came from, remind me that social media is not the world. Social media is is just an outlet to put your works into the world. So I really like that. And I actually live with my family right now. And it's something that I used to feel. So I was like, so ashamed of it. And I am looking for an apartment right now. Like I just waiting for COVID to get over, but it's, you know, I, I used to really, when I started looking for an apartment, I was like, I need to move out. I'm like 21, 22. I'm living with my parents. I'm so lame. But now I'm like, I'm lucky that I can live with my parents and that they ground me and that they bring me to my real reality versus I knew, I know if I'm on my own, there is more likelihood of me just not being as grounded. So I, I like that I live with my family right now, but that will change soon. So we'll see. And how do you detach from the numbers? realize that you're more than just numbers? It's a really difficult question because some days I do and some days it's really difficult. Again, it comes from that deriving your value from what's inside as opposed to what's outside. Because the numbers, like I said, like sometimes things go viral. Like on TikTok, nobody knows why random things go viral. Like sometimes for me, like the piece of content that I spent one minute working on versus the piece of content that I spend three hours working on we'll just do so much better. And it's like, well, I'm not going to put my value in that number because I spent three hours working on something that I like and I know is good. And, you know, something that took one minute went viral. So if I put my value in those numbers, it doesn't really, it's not as logical, right? Like if we put our values in numbers that are based on an algorithm versus if we put our values, like if we place our value into something that we know we've spent time and effort on, whether that's, you know, the characteristics that you've built up, the character that you've built for yourself or the actual work that you're doing, if it's something that you like and you enjoy, that's where you find the value. And what's something you're learning right now? I think I'm learning to trust my instincts a lot more. I don't really, and this is something I recommend to everyone is like get a mentor because I don't have one. And I can see that if I had one, it would be very helpful. But since I don't, I've been able to trust my instincts a lot more. I really didn't know what I was doing when I, when I entered this industry. And I'm also on the younger side of this industry. So I think it was really easy for me to like get carried away by the numbers by, you know, and get beaten down by the numbers and get beaten down by a lot of these things. And then I realized like, these are just kind of like, honestly, vanity metrics, as they call it, because it's just not a really good way to put your value, right? So I'm learning to trust my instincts a lot more when it comes to business decisions, the types of content that I want to create, 
sometimes even the types of, yeah, the, the brand collaborations that I take on, I used to like really like sit and make a pros and cons list and be like pros of partnering with this brand, cons of partnering with this brand. But then sometimes after the post would go up, I would be like, why did I actually do that? I, do, I don't know. So now it's like, what is my gut telling me? Pros and cons list help, but my, I think your instinct will never really drive you the wrong way. And if it does drive you in a way that makes you fall, then at least you've learned a lesson. And maybe that lesson was important for you to learn. So trusting my instincts. And what's something maybe you do on the daily basis or maybe you do pretty routinely mm-hmm. that brings you joy? I am an Indian classical dancer. So this is something that I've done since I was six years old. I did like a long like solo dance debut. It's, it's, it was a huge part of my life going in until I went to college. And um, I think it really helped. It was one of the things that really helped me place my value in everything that maybe just a little bit more value in my culture. And that's something that's more inside of me and who I am. So Indian classical dance is something that I really, really try to practice a few times a week. And I'm so grateful to my teacher who taught me the, the art form. I'm so grateful to all the friends that I made for that. Yeah, I think that really brings me joy and connecting with the friends that I made through my Indian classical dance classes really brings me happiness. Do you have any personal development routines, any personal development work that you do consistently? I'm really glad that you asked this because I think it's a, it's a huge thing that I'm, I'm trying to do is I listen to podcasts and interviews of the most the people that inspire me the most while I exercise. So this sounds, I don't know if people do this, but like I have like a rowing machine at home and I put up my computer on the side of my rowing machine and maybe watch like a nice podcast or a really interesting interview on YouTube every day. And it really helps me put a lot of my, sometimes we have low thoughts and it puts a lot of those low thoughts into perspective and helps me kind of come out the other side. So yeah, I really like that. And I think personal development, if you're able to invest some time every day in that, you will be more successful in life, no doubt. And what's something that most people don't know about you? Uh, Most people don't know. I feel like I've shared a lot, but hold on. I'm going to think about this. Um, (laughs) Most people don't know. Honestly, I think it's just the fact that that what you see on social media is it is still a fraction of my life, even though I'm an influencer and I'm, I'm open. Actually, I don't want to call myself an influencer. I'm a content creator um, and I, I'm open about the things that I do and, and the things that I eat and make. Like I really, really, really have low moments, like really low moments. And I don't, it doesn't come to my head to like share those in the moment because I'm low and I'm like, I don't want to. But recently I'm trying to journal. And whenever I feel like I want to share some of what I've journaled in the past, that I do. And I wake up, you know, a lot of days I don't feel as good. I don't feel like getting ready. And, you know, I think that's something that most people won't recognize because they think I get up and I get ready and I get put on my makeup every single day. This is definitely not the case because this is, I I consider it my job. I try to do that on a lot of days, but I would say like at least two days out of the week, I just don't feel like I, I have that in me. So yeah, I think most people wouldn't realize that. And if you can go back in time, and talk to your 20-year-old self, yeah. what advice would you give her? Stick with it, girl. Stop doubting yourself. Like, you're on the right path. You're doing exactly what you were placed on this planet to do. So keep going. Thank you so much for doing this today. Yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad we got to chat. I think this was cathartic for me too. So I'm, I'm really glad we got to chat. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. That's my goal. Awesome. And where can people connect with you online? Um, so I'm at Style by Malvika. So it's a mouthful. So 
style by m-a-l-v-i-k-a and that's my handle on instagram tiktok youtube and then all the other platforms that i'm a part of so zin prison pop a lot of different ones but main instagram tiktok and youtube so find me there and like i said dm me anytime comment i really am good about responding to people so yeah thank you guys so much for listening I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.